0: Scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same intention. For whoever has suffered the flesh has finished with sin. So as to live for the rest of your earthly life, no longer by human desires, but by the will of God, You have already spent enough time in doing what the Gentiles like to do, living in lasciviousness, passions, drunkenness, revels, carousing, and lawless idolatry. They are surprised that you no longer join them in the same excesses of dissipation, and so they blaspheme. But they will have to give an account to him who stands ready to judge the living and the dead for this is the reason the gospel has proclaimed even to the dead so that though they have been judged in the flesh as everyone is judged they might live in the spirit as god does the end of all things is near therefore be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God Whoever serves must do so with the same strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.
1: We're coming to the end of our study in first first Peter. And and I pray that we've all read First Peter. It only has five chapters. I pray that we've all read the the book. We understand what Peter was saying to the people Peter was writing to, and we know the condition of the Christians to whom the epistle was sent. These are Christians, people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who, because of their faith, were in exile, were suffering, were being persecuted. And today, Peter is reminding us, as Christians, of things that we should avoid, and things that we should include, that indeed Christian journey, Peter Peter is reminding us that, indeed, Christ suffered for us. Peter is reminding us that Jesus will come again, reminding those first-century Christians. And at times, all we need to do from, from now, I mean, from 2,000 years ago to now, is just to prepare. Prepare for the second coming of Christ. You know, his first arrival... His first arrival, there was preparation. Because if you read the scripture, the Old Testament prophets spoke about the coming of the Messiah. So in the first arrival, God prepared God's people for the advent of Christ. And in the second arrival, we celebrate Christmas every year, which is the first advent and we prepare ourselves for the second advent. The year was 1976. Indiana University's basketball team was undefeated throughout the regular season. And they captured the NCAA national championship. And those of us in the Midwest, in 1976, may have celebrated with them, because that's an achievement, an achievement that most colleges or universities will never reach to. Coach Bobby Knight led them to that championship. And it was shortly afterward, Coach Knight was interviewed on the television show, 60 Minutes. The commentator asked him, Why is it, Bobby, that your basketball teams at Indiana are always so successful? Is it the will to succeed? The will to succeed is important, replied Bobby Knight. But I'll tell you what's more important it's the will to prepare. And that is more important than the will to succeed. This sentiment was shared by another famous coach who believed in the same thing. A player once assured the coach that their team was sure to win the football game the coming Saturday, because the players had the will to win. The coach answered, don't fool yourself. The will to win is not worth anything unless you have the will to prepare. And my friends, if there is one word that we all share together, is the word preparation. And in this passage, the Apostle Peter is urging Christians to prepare themselves for the coming of Jesus Christ. Peter says in the beginning of chapter 4, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same intention so as to live for the rest of your earthly life no longer by human desires but by the will of God. Peter says, to me and to you, take care of yourself. Indeed, as honest people, we know that one word that would describe you and your neighbors as we make our way through each day is the word preparation. Every week the praise team prepares. Every week, the chancel choir prepares, the organist prepares, the musicians prepares, the teachers that lead us in Sunday school prepare. We, as the people of God, need to prepare ourselves for the great event, the arrival of Jesus Christ. We can see a practical example of the importance of preparation in the success of legendary Boston Sox baseball star, Ted Williams. I was reading a story some time ago about Ted Williams. And in the view of many, Williams was the greatest eater of all time, and Williams was always prepared. In an article about Ted Williams some years ago, he was reported as saying, Perfect pitch. Only one perfect pitch among the 20 to 50 pitches per game that a batter is likely to see. Williams said that because he had no idea when that one perfect pitch would appear, he knew it was crucial to be both prepared and patient. He waited for that one perfect page, and when it came, he was prepared. And my friends, that's who we are. It is not difficult to see that preparation is one of the keys to a successful life in most, in most fields of work. Many of our young people will be quite successful someday in their chosen profession. And why? They worked hard in school and went out prepared. I mean, the kids that have been visited this weekend by their parents, they prepared themselves to enter college. Preparation is important. The Apostle Peter in this passage is urging Christians to prepare themselves as good stewards of God and of God's grace, because like it or not, Jesus is coming again. I mean, whether we like it or not, Jesus is coming again. And so, in the first place, in verse 7, Peter gives us a caution. Peter says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Do you believe that the end of all things is near? I mean, it was 2,000 years ago, a little over 2,000 years ago, that Jesus said he's coming again. And do you believe that Jesus is coming again? And so Peter is saying to me and you, Christians, you need to prepare yourselves. He gives us that caution to be serious and to discipline ourselves for the sake of your prayers. We know the effect of prayer. We know what prayer means to us. And at times we go to God praying for God to guide us, for God to direct us. And Peter says, don't forget those eight. He says, above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Is that not true? Maintain perfect love for one another. Because if you love people just like God loves us, our sins are covered, taken care of. Now, if you don't love somebody, you want to expose them all the time. Is that not the, not, 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 not the human tendency? When you don't love somebody, you want to talk about the negatives of, of them. How many people you love and you continue to badmouth them? Most times when you love people, you don't badmouth them. Not so? I mean, I want to see some reaction. Most times when you love people, you say good things about them. Amen? And that's what Peter is saying. We should love one another perfectly. Maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It was while we were yet sinners that Jesus died for us because God loves us. And God wants us to love our fellow human beings the same way. It is the caution and the challenge then in verse 9, he, he gives us the Christian way. He says, Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Be hospital, hospitable to one another without complaining. In other words, take care of one another. Be a servant to one another without complaining. How many of us grumble when we're trying to be hospitable? See, this morning, the the kids were, were speaking with joy. When somebody's coming to the house, they were ready to be hospitable, even though mom is doing most of the work. And they were doing it without complaining. And Peter says, that's the Christian way. You just do it. You just do it. I've served other churches where it will take you some time, but you tell people to be hospitable. And one thing I, I've told my congregation is I don't want you to ask people if they need you. thing. If God put it in your heart, you do it. Amen? Because the Christian tendency is to say, do you need X, Y, and Z? Oh, no, I'm fine. And most times, they're not fine. So just do it. I've got into trouble a few times. I can give you stories about that. But we don't have time. But I I can share one. Because... I just went to this church in Newark, Ohio, and I was visiting my members. And I went to this old lady's house, and I saw the prescription, two prescriptions on a table. So I said, are you not going to get your medication? She said, oh, no, I have to wait for my check. And then I said, but we can go get it now. She said, no, I'm not doing it. Long story short, we did it. She reluctantly went with me to do it. Number one, she didn't even want to ride with me. She said, what will people say if they see me riding with the pastor? Oh, behave yourself. (laughs) Let's just go for your medication. So the deal was, I'll go with you if you allow me to pay it back. I said, okay, you can pay one dollar because I don't know how much she was getting, but you can pay me one dollar. Plus, you can bake me a good apple pie. And you know, she did. She baked me the apple pie. She gave me one dollar in a card. And when I moved to Van Wert, I saw the card with the one dollar. When I moved to Church of the Cross and you're packing things, you see the card with the one dollar. It's still there. And it makes me remember the lady who has passed now, but makes me remember. But Christians, the Bible says, Peter says to you and to me, be hospitable to one another without complaining. And all that lady was thinking about is what people would say if she's helped. Christians, don't ask, just do it. This is the only time I'm going to be a Nike supporter. Just do it. When God put it in your heart, do it. Because you know if you're going to ask them, they're going to say, I'm fine. And then the conclusion, no, 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 then Peter gives us a a commitment in verses 10 and 11. He says, like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. In other words, Peter says, we need to be servants to one another. We need to be of service to one another. Peter is saying to you and to me this morning, my friends, take care. Of one another. That's not too hard to do. Amen? Take care of one another. Every day, every Sunday, we have a prayer request. We read the cards. Every Monday or Tuesday, you see the names of the people we should pray for. You do it. You take care of one another. And if you want to know more about the person, and you know their phone number, you call them. And let them know somebody is praying for them. Somebody is thinking about them. That's what church is all about. Because if we cannot do that, my friends, what is the church for? So this morning the question is, are you in the process of preparing yourself for the coming of Jesus Christ? Because friends, he's coming again. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are you ready?